May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah is pretty clear that he wants nothing to do with what God is offering. God is calling and Jeremiah is trying desperately not to listen. It's like your teenager with his AirPods. You say, clean up your room, and you get this motion that tells you, sorry, can't hear you, AirPods in. It's like your neighbor when you're walking your dog at 7 a.m., and so is she, and she's on the phone and can't say hello to you. It's 7 in the morning. Who's she talking to? Someone in Spain? Or the way you screen marketing calls because you don't want to talk to them, and either you don't answer, or if you're in a good mood, you might say, sorry, not interested. That's Jeremiah's reaction to God, and that may be your reaction to God sometime, too. But God doesn't give up on Jeremiah. God is very, very clear about what God wants Jeremiah to do, to speak truth to God's people. Jeremiah was called to speak into a very messy political and religious situation, and despite his initial reluctance, he does. Jeremiah likely became a prophet around 620 or so BCE, when the descendants of Abraham were divided into the kingdoms of Israel and Judah, and after the religious reforms of King Josiah were in place, but people were reverting back to their old pagan ways. Meanwhile, the Assyrian Empire was waning and Babylon was rising, and in merely a few years, most of the Hebrew people would be exiled into Babylon. And Jeremiah is called to announce judgment on the people, seek their repentance, and to care deeply for them even when they were ignoring him and God. Now you can see why Jeremiah pushed back against God's call. God didn't give up on Jeremiah, and God doesn't give up on us. God tells Jeremiah, before you were born, I consecrated you. The Hebrew word for consecrate means to set apart. Each of us is set apart for the purpose or purposes that God intends for us. This word consecrate means to associate with the holy. And we understand it in the sense of to make something holy. God makes us holy. And in doing so, we are called to do God's work. Now, we know that we all have universal callings, such as to love our neighbors, to pray the Lord's Prayer, to help the weak, and to seek justice and create peace. But like Jeremiah, we are also called to a particular purpose or purposes for which we are set apart, for which we are made holy. And to be clear, God's purpose may change over time. God's purpose for us and call to us may change over time. But no matter how I say it, it sounds pretty overwhelming. It sounds pretty overwhelming. It seems too big, too hard to figure out what is this thing God's calling me to. It seems too grand for small beings like us. And yet, amazingly, God consecrated us for something, to do something, 
God's work before we were even born. Now, for some, it is pretty clear what God's given purpose looks like. One of my closest friends, for instance, knew by her senior year in college that she would start a charter school. She had it all planned out. She worked as a management consultant for several years. She put away the seed money to start her school. She obtained her MBA and her MA, her master's in policy administration, developed her business plan and her vision, and off she went. And even with all that certainty, at times she, like Jeremiah, said, I am only a child. Which in our language today probably sounded more like something like, I do not know what to do here. So she relied heavily on one of her board members to advise her on staffing and fundraising and budget matters. You remember when God tells Jeremiah, I have put my words in your mouth? That's what it was like for my friend. When she would talk to this board member, she would find the words that she needed to go on and do this work and live into this calling. Now, for others of us, it is not clear what God is calling us to do. Listening to God can be like trying to decipher what the parents and the teachers are saying in a Peanuts movie. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, God? I don't get that. No, no, God, stop. Like, does not compute. Please tell me what you're talking about. So what do you do? What do you do when God sounds like that in your life? When you're trying to figure out where God is calling you? One possibility is to look around at the people you know and see how they've figured out God's purpose for them. And interestingly, they may not know that they've figured out God's purpose for them. You may know that as you look at them. So, for example, sometimes God's calling is a slower process of understanding what our deepest desires may be. God tells Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God knows us intimately and from the beginning. And so what we enjoy, what we are passionate about, those things that make us tick and make us alive, that may be a clue to God's purpose for you. So another close friend has had a number of jobs in communications and fundraising and creation care. And after 25 years of developing her career along those lines, she began to realize that that was not her calling. It was becoming too hard to enjoy the work, and she was losing a sense of purpose with it. And what she realized was that the yoga she did on the side was her calling because it gave her life. And it wasn't just yoga, but wellness more generally. And so she didn't leave her job and make a big radical change, but she has built up this side practice, this part of her life, and made it her calling and brought it more centrally into who she is and what she does, helping others find wholeness in their lives. That's how she's interpreted what God wants her to do. Sometimes God's calling comes to us in doing the things we've always done, and so it's not a physical change that's required, but maybe a change of perspective. In the 1990s, my mother took a job as executive director of a nonprofit focusing on educating people about world affairs. She took it after necessity, after my father passed away, and she had little, translation, zero experience in running a company. 
But over time, she thrived. She thrived in this position and found that simply by using her God-given skills, her people skills, her organizational skills, her fearlessness in asking for help or money, all of that were God-given skills and she was bringing them forward, living into them. And this job that had been a necessity moved into her calling, her purpose. But it wasn't always easy. Remember, God tells Jeremiah that she, he is to both pluck up and pull down. And so it was with my mother. For instance, she had to fight for health insurance for her family. Because the prior executive directors all had living husbands, working husbands, whose jobs provided the health insurance for the family. God's calling for my mother involved both the building up of the company and the breaking down of old norms. And yet, sometimes God's calling comes in tragedy or trauma, and all we can do is rely on God to get through it. My friend lost her husband to cancer in early 2020 and is raising three children, now in age, ranging in ages from third grade to ninth grade. And like Jeremiah, she said, nope, sorry, I do not want this job. This is not my calling when her husband died. And yet, it was. It was her new life. And she has been making it through this hard time because she knows deep down what God told Jeremiah. Do not be afraid, for I am with you to deliver you. And God is delivering her from the grief and the chaos through the church, her friends, her job, her children especially. Each are strands in her healing and each are part of her calling right now. She has learned she doesn't have to seek out that one thing for what God is calling her. Rather, she lives into one calling more one day than the next, whether it's her children who need her or her boss. God is simply asking her right now to hold all the strands of her life together until maybe another time when God asks her to do something else. God seeks her out for a new purpose. So when you look at your life and you think about God's particular purpose for you, perhaps something today resonates with you. Maybe your call is certain. Maybe it's in your favorite extracurricular activity. Maybe it's in the skills and talents that you use every day already in your current job. And maybe it's a shifting set of callings, with the greatest being just holding them all together right now. You may be called to bring peace. Your calling may bring you peace. Or it may cause some discomfort because you need to speak God's truth into a particular space. As we enter into our parish meeting this morning, consider if God's purpose for you in this very moment is in some way connected to this place at this time. We can't forget that Jeremiah's call was to call others to turn to God and to follow God's rules and guidance given to the Israelites to live in community. And that may be true for you right now as well. So whatever you do, take out your AirPods, smile at your neighbor walking her dog no matter how early it is, take God's call when God rings, and don't forget, in the Peanuts movies, God is not in the muffled voices of the parents and the teachers. 
God is more likely in the voices of the children who are actively sorting out how to live and be in the world just like you and I are doing. Sometimes the clearest calling from God is not coming from where we are expecting it, and it isn't saying what we are expecting. So listen and be really open to hearing what God may be calling you to do and to be. And remember, God did not give up on Jeremiah. God is not giving up on you. We are each made holy, set apart, consecrated for God's purposes, and God is by our side through it all. Amen.